Yes, guys, welcome to Relax Habibi, where the empty bottles are filled with stories. Let's get to the intro. What a training session, huh? What a training session. <laughs> Yes, guys, welcome back to another episode. Today, my special guest, uh, Anthony Lejande. Hope I said your last name correct. Yeah, yeah, that was good. We just that was ran good. through it. <laughs> um, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited. Um, we just did a very good training session, but unfortunately, we cut it loose because yeah. I just um, I have a condition and um, I just, I, you know, I wasn't feeling good, right, right. but you know, I, I feel like as a footballer, uh, you have to be honest with the person that you're training with. You got to let them know, hey, maybe my body's not feeling good, my mind, stuff like right. that. So, so they also know what's going on. Um, I went in, I should have told you, uh, so that's, that's my fault. No worries, uh, no worries. But thank you for the session, man. I was sweating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we were just getting into it. But um, going back on your point about obviously telling your train the person that you're training with to because um, you have to remember your body is your temple it's the most important thing right. so um i honestly respect that you got to a point where you had to tell me um that you know what i think it's it's best if we stop because a lot of young footballers they want it so bad you yeah. know they they're willing to do whatever it is to get there so no i respect that you you came out and you told me honestly it's um <laughs> i appreciate that and guys <laughs> Uh, for the listeners, I'm really sorry. It's, it's a little windy. We were training at the park, um, but I have I have this on here. It's like a, I, ho I hope this this helps this with the wind. Bit, yeah. um, so can you walk me through uh, through your career from your youth career until now? Right. So um, I've kind of been all over the place. I've been to so many different places in the world for soccer, and I've been blessed, you know. And so growing up, I started playing soccer when I was really young, mm -hmm. probably around four or five years old. And my family's from Haiti, so um, I spent a lot of summers when I was growing up to go back to Haiti, and that's how I really got into football. I really enjoyed the sport, watching, um, you know, my dad, my, my older brother, um, all these guys get into the sport really made me love it. And so, like I said, I've kind of been all over the place. So I started playing. Um, I started my career, I guess, um, my amateur career when I was about seven, playing at the YMCA, playing house league, mm -hmm. just um, usual rec. And then ended up going, I guess, the highest um, division that I played in is the US, USL Championship. Wow. Uh, and so it's been a crazy journey. I've seen so much throughout the whole um, 25 years of life playing soccer. Yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy. I'm saying that. I'm 25. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling old, You're still man. Young, I'm feeling man. old. You're still I'm young. feeling old. 25. <laughs> wow. Closer, yeah. closer to 30 than 20. But <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So I've been through so many different places. I mean, I've got a bunch of stories. I don't know where you want me to start. I don't know. First of all, in Haiti, uh, do they take it as a lifestyle football there? Is yeah, they do. They do. Them? So, because you know, here in North America, a lot of people see Haiti as a poor country. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and and obviously there's there's a lot of poor countries in the world. Yeah. But football, soccer is one of those things that um, they really cherish in Haiti. It's like, it's like the one thing that they they have no matter what. You know what I mean? And so, I, like, whenever I go back, I'm always inspired to see the young play. They play with, you know, like they make ball out of socks they'll make, yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll be playing with rip balls and just to see that just you know play, so yeah. it's like it's like probably one yeah the passion and it's a sport that um everyone loves in haiti you know? wow wow that that's also very inspiring i remember the the middle east how you were saying 
with the socks and stuff. I remember we used to do that. We had my friends. We really didn't even have a ball, but it's, it's just right. like the fact that we get to play against each other and dribble. Um, so can you walk me through your USL journey? What, what stood out for you uh, when you were, you were at Tulsa, right? I was at Tulsa, yeah. yeah. So I played in Tulsa in 2019. Yeah. Um, shout out to Matt. That's why I shout met him there. <laughs> Maybe we'll get him on this podcast I one day. I hope so, man. <laughs> I hope so. Um, so, yeah, um, through my experience there, the one thing that I noticed was, um, like I was telling you earlier yeah. when we were training, is the environment and the intensity in trainings. It was, like, it's kind of crazy. Every day there was, like, some type of fight. Like, oh, wow. And I don't mean, like, fist fight, like everyone no, just no, going yeah. at it, but, like, you know, like wanting to win, you know? I, I noticed that once you get to the pro level, you have to want to win every day, no matter what it is you're doing. If you're playing rondos, you want to win that rondo, of course. You know what I mean? And that's one thing that really stood out to me um, that year was the wanting to win as a professional athlete. It just pushes you and drives you. So that that basically opened up your eyes Mm -hmm. to to a whole new world, to a Mm -hmm. whole new intensity, and and Mm -hmm. you saw saw how the the pros play. Uh, So from that change, what was going through your head after that season? Um, so a couple of things were going through my head because the USL championship is the second division um, mm-hmm. in America. And so I had played probably like 15 games that year, which as a first year was was pretty good for myself. So I was thinking next year I'm going to get back into it. I'm going to be on, on a USL team, you know, but we didn't have the best year with Tulsa. Yeah. I learned a lot from that year from all the experienced players that we were playing with. Yeah. But it wasn't the best experience. Um, team-wise, like we didn't go far. Um, I think we finished probably like closer to the bottom of the table. So um, it, it really, it really challenged a lot of the players that were there. And so throughout the year, I think the biggest thing that I learned was it's harder to stay a pro than it is to get there. Like I'll explain, uh, I'll explain what I mean by that because once you get to that professional environment, mm-hmm. um, you don't realize how much extra things you have to do. You don't realize how much extra time you have to put because you've already put in so much time, so much effort, so much work, you know, so much grind to get there. Once you get there, you don't realize that it doesn't stop. You need mm. to put more, you know. You have really? to train more. You have to grind more because you get to the level and you're like, well, I want to get higher than this. I want to be playing. Right. You know, I want to be the guy that's scoring. I want to be the guy that's assisting. You know what I mean? So I think that's what hurt me a little bit because I was such an inexperienced pro. So my lifestyle outside of the field wasn't the best. And what I mean by that is, I mean, like, my diet. You know, I wasn't really watching after what I was eating. Things that I could have done better, you know. And one thing that the mental side of the game is, like, towards the end of the season, I was was like, oh, I can't wait to go back home. I'm so done with this, you know. But, like, it is harder to stay a pro than it is to to get there. Yeah, that's – wow. I I mean, I I wish I can relate. Yeah, I'm not that level yet. But I – I heard uh, Pitbull, uh, the, the mm-hmm. musician, artist. the yeah. artist, mm-hmm. he said, when you make it, it's hard to maintain it. Yeah. You ha- that's the hardest thing is to maintain it. And, yeah. and you know, uh, hearing from you saying that, that's, that's so true. Uh, ev- even with my club, um, I, I play as a semi-pro, and honestly, they, right. they do push us to, uh, to a different limit. I, I definitely see some things where I'm like, wow. Like, um, I didn't take care of my diet until I came to this club. Right. Until I went to Nissan Nation because it, it was such a different ball game, you know, with the carbs that you need to maintain, with the calories. With right. So I, I definitely right. understand that. Um, after after that season, you you said it was, you guys were at the bottom of the table. So right. Did you and you said that you wanted to go to another USL team. Right. What happened after that? So, the the best thing that happened 
for me was signing at Tulsa that year. It, yeah. it opened a lot of doors for me for the next year Okay. that didn't plan out. So I had three different opportunities, trials, um, but only because of the fact that I played in the USL. Mm. So I had a couple trials with the NISA team. Um, I, I actually, this is kind of crazy because I played for Charlotte last year, but I tried out for them in 2019. Oh. And, and they had a different coach and a different staff at the okay. time. Um, and so I, I had a trial with them. I had a trial with the USL one, one team. And then um, I think I also had a, another trial with the NISA team. So mm. it opened a lot of doors for me for opportunities because, you know, everyone sees USL championship as a second division. So they think of it as, you know, one of the higher divisions. So when coaches see that, you know, they think, oh, maybe he's got some experience. So they're more likely to bring someone like that in than someone okay. that's just stepping into the game. Okay. So in that sense, it helped me a little bit. You know what I mean? But um, I think during that off season, yeah. I could have I could have um, pushed myself a lot more. You know, really focus on some of the things that could have helped me improve. Mm -hmm. You know, so I went to Charlotte. Um, the team there really liked me. I did well um, in that setting, but they couldn't afford to bring me in. I think they had couple problems with the ownership and the coach was an amazing guy he was straight up and honest he mm -hmm. said look we like you we really like you but we don't think we have the funds and they had a lot of things going oh, on behind okay. the scenes like management wise, management wise yeah. you know they they, they they really wanted to bring me in and and the coach there his name was mark stevens he was an amazing guy he was straight up and honest honestly probably one of the most honest coaches that i've met mm -hmm. um uh, and he was honest with me he told me look we want to bring you in we can't so that was fine that was in the end of 2019 so um, right after my season, I was fresh from Tulsa. I went there, didn't work out. And then in the new year, I had a tryout with um, the Tormenta team, um, South Georgia Tormenta in the USL1. Um, okay. I went there for a couple weeks. And it's kind of crazy because I had two tryouts okay. that I could have gone to in USL1. So there's a team called Greenville Triumph. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I've heard of them, yeah. Yeah, so they play in the USL1, great club. Mm -hmm. um, it was an opportunity to go to Greenville or to go to uh, Tormenta. Okay. And I thought, you know what, maybe I might feel better at Tormenta. Ended up going there. Um, did well. I fit in well with the guys. Um, but the team didn't want to sign me, you know. And at that time, I was kind of like, whoa, like, what am I going to do? You know, it's preseason. I've been with this team. Um, they don't want to sign me. Um, and so I thought, like, it was the end of the world, you know. Mm -hmm. Two weeks later, when I get back home, um, this is March 2020. Okay. COVID hits. Ooh. You know, COVID hits and then makes everything um, worse, huh? Makes made everything really bad. Definitely. But uh, it was low key a blessing in disguise. You okay. know how we said that everything happens for a reason, right? Um, when we were training earlier, COVID hits, soccer stops, borders are closed down. Two weeks, I'm I'm back home with my family. You know, mm -hmm. there's nothing going on. This was when everyone was trying to buy toilet paper. Like, <laughs> yeah, this was when this was when it was out. crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, everyone was going crazy and everyone was. <laughs> Um, was losing lines. their heads, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. So um, it was just a t it was just a time to be home, you know. And so I, I was very unfortunate that I couldn't sign going into that year, mm -hmm. but it was just it was just it was it wasn't meant to be, you know. As a, as a footballer, how do you deal with like bad times like that? Do you because we even when we were training earlier, you said, hey, you make a mistake, move on. Is right. is that how you dealt with it? Yes, so that's how I've dealt with everything throughout my whole career because um, you know the journey as a footballer very like up and down you know one moment you can be at your highs you know like me i was at my highs in 2019 mm -hmm. and then in 2020 no club at home sitting every day quarantining with nothing um you know not being able to play not being able to leave my house you know because it's very very up and down so 
I think the best way you can deal with that is, is, is like I told you, you know, whatever it is, you believe in yourself, you know, there's a plan for you, you know, because we're, we're obviously believers. So we believe in God. And so God has sure. a plan for everyone. Yep. So in my head, I always knew that I was going to make it back to that professional environment. Okay. Mm -hmm. Whether it was just wasn't the right timing. You know, we say um, God's timing is the best timing. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. Um, sometimes you just got to remember, you got to remind yourself and it's easier said than done. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's because in situations, you know, um, it gets tough. You know what I mean? So most definitely. Yeah. Um, I I was I was playing with East Valley Pro. Right. Um, it was uh, in the UPSL. Okay. Uh, I played one season. After that season, I I wanted to go back. They didn't let me. You know, they released me. So right. I became a roofer. I just got a regular job. Became a roofer. I totally gave up on it, man. Right. Uh, throughout, I, I I think I worked for six months there. After that. I just, uh, I don't know, I, 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 that belief started to come back and right. I, I told myself, I was like, I can, I can do this. You know, right. once you have that belief, it's always there. So right. if I didn't believe in myself, I would not be back in the league because uh, yeah. I totally gave up on myself. I said, there's no way I'm going to go back. If they release me, this is, I'm not good enough. Right. Uh, so it's, it's always too good to have that belief as, as a footballer because right. uh, as you said, God's plan and God's plan, you know, there's always something written for you, you know. Right. Um, so after after these trials, what ended up happening? Um, so after these trials, like I said, I went home in 2020. And, you know, it's kind of crazy because I told you everything happens for a reason. So that summer, um, one of my really, really close friends, he ended up passing away. That's very um, unfortunate. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's okay. Um, I mean, like, during that time, um, you know, it was very hard. I was angry at myself, angry at the world, you know, just because it was like my brother who shared the same dream as me, you know, lived with me. Um, I went through so much with him and, and he ended up passing away. And so I, I thought about it and I was like, if I wasn't here, if I was playing, if I was gone, I wouldn't be here with my family. I wouldn't be here with his family. I wouldn't be able to go to his you funeral. The you know what I'm saying? So it was like, it was like God put me in that place because I was meant to be home. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It, it just uh, like that's where I, I was supposed to be at that time, you know? So it was tough because this is the time where I... I I mean, during the time I was kind of like not doing YouTube, you know, I was, I wasn't as motivated. I was like, you know, like, what's the point? Like very, very, I was going through it really, really bad. And the blessed, the, the thing that I had is I had people around me at the time who, who really helped me get out yeah. of that stage. You know what I mean? But, um, so I had nothing throughout the whole 2020. And then, um, towards the end of the year, I had an opportunity to come up in Germany. Um, and so I was going to fly out to Germany. Um, around October time yeah. and just to go play in Germany there was a fourth division club that wanted to bring me out um, went to the airport my friend drove me everything so excited to go this new opportunity this is during the time of the second wave of COVID yeah. they weren't letting any North oh Americans into Europe so like imagine <laughs> I'm at the airport and I'm like trying to leave oh, man. and yeah. they're like you can't leave so then another thing that happened and I was like what the like why is this happening you know and then um, I was in close contact with Matt during that time, and he was like, listen, um, for preseason, I'm not doing anything. I'm going to be home in Portland. Yeah. Um, so this guy was like, I'll bring you out. You can come yeah. train with me in Portland. And then he honestly helped me so much, you know, because um, he brought me out to Portland. I had nothing mm -hmm. at the time. You know, I had no football. I would train for two weeks, and then in Ottawa, we go back to lockdown, you know, because we were in and out of lockdowns. Yeah. And so yeah. it was really tough in Canada for you to even train. You know, and then obviously it's the winter time, so you can't you can't find any fields, you can't do any training. So I was like, 
I was at a state where I was kind of like, what am I going to do? There was nothing. You got to you find know? a way. You know? got to find a way. And then Matt was like, listen, I'll bring you out here for two, three weeks. Shout out so, to Matt. Shout out to Matt again. You know? <laughs> Matt, if you hear this, we love you. But <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, so he brought me out. And then, um, yeah, I ended up training with him for two, three weeks. He inspired me. He showed me so much about the social media and, and market side of it. Um, inspired me to bring my YouTube up again. Helped me gain a lot of subscribers. And that's when Anthony <laughs> pop up again, you know? Then I popped up again, and yeah. Um, and that was the beginning of 2021. So do, do you think it was a vital moment in your life that you needed to go back to your family? And as you said, everything happened for a reason. Yes. And you, you don't regret any of that? I don't regret it. I don't regret it. Because that year, like, the things that happened, you know, when, when they happened, I, it was, I had to be home. You know, I had to be home, even though I didn't want to be, you know. I mean, I didn't. I couldn't see that coming, you know, my friend passing away, but I had to be home at that time, you know what I mean? And how, how was your time after after you were with Matt? So the, this is when things started moving a little bit. Yeah. So um, two, three weeks with Matt, I was training with him. I felt so fit, yeah. you know, um, like he helped me with my diet. I lost 10 pounds in like two yeah, weeks with Matt. This guy is serious, stuff, man. man. His, <laughs> the, what you see in his videos, that's exactly how he is. That's in how he lives life, it, you yeah. know, like, so during the time with him, it really helped me motivated me you know to be better focus on my diet and really see a change in that mm -hmm. you know so i did that and then during that time the agency that i'm with opsm they um they had a lot of combines and things going on and so i was gonna go do a combine in louisville went to louisville i was so fit i was so uh fit i killed it i did really well at the combine unfortunately they weren't looking for a left back because they already had two left backs signed at louisville okay so um the door didn't open there from there, I ended up going to um, Tulsa to train there because um, OPSM had a program going on in Tulsa. Okay. And so this whole time, um, I'm just training, working, and trying to stay fit and trying to stay ready. A USL 2 opportunity came. Now, you can imagine USL 2 is semi-pro. It's like yeah. fourth, fifth division. I was in. I was playing in the second division in 2019. Okay. Um, you know, my agent was like, listen, um, you haven't been playing for a year. You know, the coaches haven't seen you play it may be a good opportunity for you to step back into the pro environment. Mm -hmm. So USL 2 opportunity came around. I didn't really have much. You know, I was like, you know what, why not? Um, the why most not? important thing is that you're playing. You know, you need to be playing because a lot of people think you can just go right into the pro environment right away, but it, it's tough. You know, you need, you need games, you need coaches to be able to see you play. You know what I mean? So highlights are very important. And so... I was thinking, I was like, do I really want to go to a fifth division, fourth division semi-pro club after I, 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 like, I was playing in the second division? You right. know, I, I was thinking that. But those are the things you have to do. You know, sometimes you have to make sacrifices, right. you know, and, and, and put yourself in the right environment for you to get back to that level. So that whole summer, I played USL 2 with South Bend Lions. Shout out to South Bend Lions. Hey. Um, <laughs> they were amazing there. They, they were amazing. Um, you know, a lot of really nice people I met there. The coach, Tiago, he was an amazing guy. He really helped me. You know, he put me, um, he put me like as one of the leaders on the team. And so okay. it gave me a lot of confidence. He showed a lot of confidence in me, you know, and then um, also the owner there, Chris at the time, they just really wanted to build something great, you know. And so ended up going there. I played really well. I was the captain. Um, I played probably like the whole summer because USL two season is only like three months. Okay, so I played. I know that. That's cool. Yeah, it's like it's like short it's of like short, 16, yeah. 17 games. I played probably like fourteen out of them. Okay. And then, on July July twelfth or July thirteenth, our last game of the season. Yeah. On a, on two days before that, I get a call from my agent. Um, uh, Godwin calls me and he's like, "Listen, 
Um, yeah. We have a team in Charlotte, NISA, okay. um, Stumptown AC, that are looking for players yeah. that would like to bring some players in. Um, and I was like, I was like, yeah, I would love to. Like, when do they want me to come in? They're like, this week. So I had a game on Sunday, my last game with the USL oh, 2. Man. Finished that game on a Sunday, yeah. and then tomorrow I was flying That's to Charlotte. That's crazy. That is crazy. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a that reason. That was crazy. You so, know? wow. And so you, you ended up playing as a semi-pro, but yeah. you still had that belief. You were the right. captain. You worked off. You worked right. very hard. And then a week later, after that your last game, came. the opportunity came. came up. Legit, a That's day later. Crazy. The next day. The next day. <laughs> wow, man. Yeah. And how, how is it? Actually, before we get into that, do you, th do you think it's important to get into an agency as OPSM? So I think if it benefits you, because you got to think about it this way. There are some people who have really good experiences with agencies. Yeah. And there's also some people who don't have the best experiences. For me, you know, I've been blessed to be with an OPSM because a lot of my opportunities have been through them. I mm. wouldn't have signed in Tulsa without OPSM. I was playing in Australia and, and, and during that time before I signed for um, the USL championship team. I see. So they picked me up. They flew me out from Australia all the way to Tulsa. Um, I was living with um, one of the owners of OPSM while I was in Tulsa because he was wow. on the team. Helped me out a lot, you know, and then helped me the sign. So I've been blessed and I've been very fortunate to be with OPSM, you know. But th like, they have they have two different sides of the agencies. There is a mm -hmm. side that there is a professional side where there's players who are already playing pro, who are already at that level, so they get a percentage, obviously, mm -hmm. of their salaries because they're at that level. Right. But basically, what OPSM is, it's a platform for players who want to get to the next level. Players who are playing in the semi-pro, who need that extra training, who need the mental strength classes, who oh, needs the combines, who needs the training sessions. And they do that. They provide that. So they do combines throughout America, mm -hmm. North America, um, even in Canada, you know, for players who want to go to the next level. And they also do, like, college path college pathways. Yeah. So they help kids, you know, um, get ready for a, a lot of doors. Exactly. Wow. So. Um, but obviously that's a business side of, of the OPSM, yeah. you know, where there's services that you mm -hmm. can pay for to get to the next level. So what I would say to someone is you don't necessarily need an agent to make it pro because you can make that connection yourself. Right. But it's, it's very important to know someone who knows someone because you can probably know this, but football is all about the connections and the people you know. Yeah. And so sometimes the agent knows or is a good friend because agents are players who used to play. Right. Yep. Agents are players who used to play, who used to play with coaches, who used to play with managers, yeah, yep. people that no become clubs. presidents. Yeah. So then let's say me and you, let's say one day I become an agent and you become a coach, a pro coach. That's right? a connection. That's a connection that me and you, we made. Yeah. Down the line, I could call you and be like, yo, I have a player here. You'd be like, oh, and I you trust know your me, word. You trust my word. Yeah. So then they that's how in. that's how it's done. You know, so. I, would, I wouldn't say you necessarily need an agent. It's important to have because nowadays coaches just try to take advantage of players because mm. it's a business. They want the player as cheap as they can or they want to try yeah. and be, you know what I'm saying? So it's a business side. So um, if it fits you and it fit, and you feel like they're going to benefit you, then, then I would say get an agent, you know, but people have made it without an agent. Before, oh, yeah. I've seen know? it. So. Yeah. Um, you show a lot behind the scenes of your uh, YouTube channel as a professional. Right. Does that inspire you and drive you to keep inspiring young younger footballers? It does. It does because there there are times where I'm like, I'm not motivated myself. You know, I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm thinking. You know, like, 
am I gonna make it back to the pro level? Am I gonna be there? You know, there's been so many instances where, yeah, like even some days I'll wake up and I'll be like, I don't want to train today. Mm. But then I'll remember, I'll be like, wait, what I'm telling these kids, what I'm talking about, the journey that I'm talking about, I'm telling them this. Wow. I'm like, I have to be, I have to do this, like to inspire them. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll be lazy and I'll be honest, like I'll be lazy. I'll be like, man, I don't want to train today. <laughs> like I don't want to go to the gym. Yeah. But then I'm like, wait, like I if I, if I want to keep inspiring these kids and I want to keep helping them, you know, it inspires me, you know, it actually inspires me and it helps me to get out and do stuff. It's like you a know, I'm like, yourself. it's like, yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. like, it's like, I'm like, like, I don't want to edit this video or I don't want to <laughs> shoot this training session. Yeah. But, but I remember that it'll benefit other yeah. people. You know what I mean? So it's, it, it does inspire me. That's actually really inspiring because I, I watch your YouTube videos. And as I told you, like I would go to practice, even though I'm not watching them, but it's, listening to that it just right. inspires you to right. to keep going and, and to uh to the advice um but stepping into a new environment a new club how competitive do you get like how, how do you how do you stand out from the squad do you do you go in very competitively or do you see the tone of play and you try to match it like uh maybe you're on trial or something like that right so if you're on trial i would say um because i think i talked about it in my last video or i'm going to talk about it in my next video yeah, something, something like that. <laughs> but um, basically, no worries. No, um, I, I would say you always want to show up as a professional. Yeah. So when you show up to training, um, you want to show that you're ready. Mm -hmm. You know, show that you're ready, show that you're experienced, and obviously do the things that make you stand out. You okay. know, some players that's taking players on, some players is defending, some players is communicating. So you want to show that you're at the level, mm -hmm. you know, you want to show that you can play. Yeah. But you also want to bring something extra because you have to remember if you're on a trial, you're competing against other people's positions, right? Of course. They are not going to bring you in if they don't think you can be better than what they have. Do you know what I mean? So you have to come in as professional as you can. Come in confident. Yeah. You know, confidence is very key. When a coach sees that you're confident and you're doing these things to your best of your ability, they'll notice you. You know so what I mean? confidence, as you mean, like composing on the ball, composing right? on the ball. Yeah, do like do the things that you do well. If mm -hmm. you're if you're a goal scorer and you come into tr uh, into into your trial, try and score as many goals as you can. Put yeah. your head down, work, score goals. You know what I mean? Come in and and if you're a defender, defend with your life. You know you have to be at your best. You know so then that way, because because you you brought up a good point and you said do you do you find the tone of the play and you play with the team but maybe that's not what the coach wants right maybe coach wants to bring other people to See, bring difference yeah. into their game right you get what i'm saying right. so you want to go in there and do whatever it is that you do best and um preparation comes from confidence right so right. prepare 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 prepare, for a trial. prepare the mental side of a trial is so important like i remember the the trial that i had with tulsa yeah um every day before my trial i would listen to a motivational speech i'd wake up in the morning um, I pray, listen to a motiva motivational speech, listen to music that's going to help me get me pumped up. Mm -hmm. And this trial, I was never so prepared. Like the mindset and the way that I went into the trial really, really helped me and, and helped me stood out in my trial, if that makes sense. Of course. I feel like mentality is a huge thing for a footballer. Mm -hmm. um, you've been around the game a lot. Which moment still stands out for you? Oh, I love talking about this moment. I talk Let's about this it. moment a lot during <laughs> um, podcasts. <laughs> yeah. But the moment that stands out to me was my first game. Um, I had butterflies, but I was so excited. So 2019, um, around, I think, May, I played my first game against a team called Orange County. I was okay. in L.A., nice weather, nice hotel, yeah. nice trip. It was just everything was, like, amazing. 
Um, first half, our team is doing well. Um, we're down 2-1. They had a penalty. Um, second half, like, I'm getting ready to go into the change room with the boys, you know, like, yeah. motivate them. The coach comes up to me, and the coach is like, don't change. You're going in. And I remember at the time, I was so nervous. I was like, what? I was like, I was like what? and I was the only guy that was <laughs> subbing in. So everyone went into the change room, and I stayed out. Yeah. Um, and he was like, warm up. And, like, I, I didn't even warm up. Like, I was just juggling. I, I stayed in the middle of the field, oh, I remember. Okay. And I was just juggling the ball, kicking the ball up high, taking yeah. it down. And I was so nervous, but I also had butterflies at the time. Yeah, like, yeah. You know? So, <laughs> so I, uh, sorry, I, like, I was nervous, but I was also excited. Yeah. And so halftime comes, and I'm about to sub in. You know, I'm walking in, and, like, you know, they're putting my number on the thing. I'm about to sub in, and I'm like, wow, I'm about to play my first it's professional, like first professional game, you know, official in North America, first official professional game, and then like I hear, I hear people screaming like, go Anthony, woo, yeah, yeah, yeah. and take this is an away game, and <laughs> yeah. I'm, so we're in LA. I'm like, what the? I'm like, here. <laughs> who knows me? Like, who, no one knows me out here in yeah. LA, and I turn around. And I see like Mimi, you know Mimi, Matt's uh, Matt's oh, wife. Wow. Mimi, her mom, yeah, because they were at the game. Mimi and her awesome. mom and uh, and her uh, her dad. They're like, "Whoa, go Anthony!" And I'm like, "What?" Like, there's like they're like cheering me on. Like yeah. I'm like, "This is cool." You know, there was probably like seven thousand people at the game. Wow. Went on to play. Um, like we scored a goal, two-two. Um, like I'm not saying I changed the game, but <laughs> um, like the team, the team just played really well second half, and we ended up going down from 2-1 winning 5-3 and Whoa. so yeah so it was like a huge you um, did change the game <laughs> no, no I didn't I didn't change the game alone because another player came on um, yeah. shout out to Fabi he's he's also in my agency shout he out. came on and he scored like two goals nice um, you know he changed the game but and then like that moment just winning and then in the uh, locker room after like we were celebrating mm. listening to music having one of the like older guys come up to me and say keep your spot like you did a great job you know it was it just meant meant a lot to me you know and i tell this story a lot because it was my first game in front of like that huge crowd that is a it moment was, it was a moment to remember my first game that was one of the moments and then also um i would i would say um, my first start against new mexico united so new mexico united when they were first in the usl yeah they brought out like eight thousand fans nine thousand fans wow so i was playing in front of like nine thousand ten thousand people they scored a goal like this is kind of crazy um, like that one of my best experiences was getting scored on but they scored a goal against us mm. and the fans like the, the the way they were so loud it was like like I don't even know how to explain it but I was like shaking like the adrenaline at the time was like whoa like these guys like when they scored against us it was like wow this is like like it's crazy real. this yeah, is surreal crazy, you know yeah. like like hearing because they were just super loud and I was just like wow this is this is this and so amazing. does that motivate you to, you know, get up and just hundred percent adrenaline, that like adrenaline just, you know, yeah. like playing in front of in front of a crowd, you know, um, playing at home was really fun too. Um, sign obviously signing some jerseys and for me, I, I really like the younger generation. So mm -hmm. like I try to connect wherever I go, I try to connect with all the younger younger kids. And so like seeing how happy they are when they were playing in the games. Um, those are all moments that I enjoyed. Um, what was your work ethic like, and how long did you stay disciplined? So my work ethic growing up was always, like, I'm going to make it pro. Like, no matter what, I was always going to make it pro. That was always and in the back of your head. That was always in the back of my head. And 
I, I was blessed, like I told you earlier, I was blessed to have people around me mm -hmm. who shared the same dreams, who shared the same goals. So every day... So it was an environment so for So it was you. an environment for okay. me. I was in the right environment. So every day I wanted to get better. Every day me and my friends were pushing each other to train, you know, get stronger, get faster, you know. Every day I would try and do things to make me better. But that doesn't mean I was always disciplined, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So there was days where I would I would train or I would go... To, I would I would go to games and take it for granted you know what i mean mm -hmm. i think biggest part of my game that i can i can improve is discipline yeah you know like being disciplined with my diet that's one thing that i struggle with diet. so much but it's so important it's like 80 percent of your you know the way your body is is through your diet right and so fuel it. like i was disciplined with my technical training but i could have been disciplined with my diet you know more disciplined with the time that i'm sleeping more mm -hmm. disciplined with not wasting time going out and doing different things that i'm not supposed to right, you know what I mean? right so right. there's been a lot of instance where even when i was playing i was like these are things that i shouldn't have done you know mm -hmm. and it's just it's just about how you learn from them and how you move on from that you know what i mean wow hey, you know it is because i feel like training just on the field there's more training outside the field right where, where you know how you're speaking because a footballer it's not you can't if you go out all the time if you do things all the time it'll catch up to catch your up. performance 100 percent um and and let me add let me add ahead. something to that so yeah. if like it catches up to you but it's also not bad to do that every once in a while do you know what i mean so maybe going out to eat with your friends you know um taking your things your mind off of footy because footy like football the seasons are really long especially usl championship you're playing right. 36 40 games yeah. throughout the whole year from january till november so it takes a lot on your body mm -hmm. you know sometimes you need to do those extra things to take your mind off of things sometimes you need um you know to go to a amusement park with your friends sometimes you need to go and eat out sometimes you need those type of things you know you need the distraction sometimes you need like a beach day where right. you're with your friends you're you're taking your mind off of that because it, it gets to the point where if you're so mentally into the football you know it's like you see the players nowadays like mm -hmm. like Cristiano Ronaldo you see him he's posting about how important his family is he that needs to do right, things yeah. he needs to be out with his family or he needs to be um you know taking his mind off of things because it's it's mentally draining you know yeah so I feel like as you're saying it is important to separate your football life with your normal life right you right. know okay right. uh if you were a coach what would you look in a player like your recruitment process um I would say because for me, I, 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 like, I, I stand out to those players who, who really want to grind and want to mm -hmm. get to that next level, you know, because I've coached different ages. I've coached kids who are really good, and then I've coached kids who are just getting into soccer, okay. you know, not as experienced. And mm -hmm. so um, I would look for a player who's going to put their head down no matter what, who's willing to learn, who's willing to grow, you know, who listens and who applies to the game, a player that's not afraid to play in different positions. And a player that's open to learn, open to hearing things. You know? Okay. Um, if uh, who's your sport icon, and what do you learn from them? Sport icon. Mm, my sport icon. Um, what would I say? I, th I I guess I would say um, either Marcelo. Um, oh yeah? Obviously, yeah. Left left back. Um, I grew up watching him a lot. Mm -hmm. um, David Alaba. Um, oh these yeah, are guys yeah, that yeah, I, I really liked. My favorite player of all time, though, is Mesut Ozil. Um, Ozil. Ozil, you know, he's he's a player that in his prime, uh, he probably the best 10 in the world at the time in his prime, uh -huh. you know, stuck to his morals, yeah. you know, um, stuck to his beliefs. And obviously he's he's had his ups and downs, but 
he's a player that I really looked up to um, growing up. And I think Ronaldinho, you know. Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho. I love like, him. I th- yeah, he's, yeah. He's, one, like, he's, like, up there. He's probably my favorite player of all time and a player that I really look up to because he enjoyed playing no matter what. Always had a smile. Um, he always had a smile, you know. And it's kind of like what we're talking about, like separating your things. You know, the things that he did outside of football, mm-hmm. it didn't help his football career. Yeah. But he didn't care. He's enjoying it. He was just happy to be playing football. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Which is his thing. That's fine. That's his life. He picks what he wants to do with his life. You right. know what I mean? And so that that kind of showed me that um, you know, sometimes you, you enjoy life, you know, because at the end of the day, football, you know, we all love football. Football is a game. But there's more to life than football. You Most have definitely. to remember. You Most know, there's definitely. more to life. Um more things more ways you can impact different people you mm-hmm. know so i would say ronaldinho is probably a huge sports icon for me and for younger footballers let's say um high school entering college entering the professional world for, like from that age right i uh, will go 16 and up what would you say to them about rejection um players get rejected all the time you're yeah. not you're not you're not gonna make it unless you got rejected mm. everyone's got rejected it. you learn from it some of the best players have got rejected right yeah and and what you have to remember is there's some coaches that are going to like you and there's coaches that aren't going to like you yes you know what i mean so you have to find that coach that coach is going to give you confidence like i told you when i went to south bend this coach filled me with confidence made me want to play it made me want to you know Mm -hmm. it made me want to improve want to get better so you're going to get rejected right? right you have to get rejected you know one of the like one of my favorite coaches is you have to take a couple steps backwards in order to move forwards you know what I mean? So it's 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 by rejection. That's the only way you're gonna learn how to get better. Yeah, I remember when Pep Guardiola went to Barca, right. he took out Ronaldinho, and right. I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> but you know, it's re- that's that's rejection. You gotta deal with it. You're a footballer. You gotta deal with it. You're a footballer. Um, do you think nervousness is important, and do you use that to your advantage? Um, I think I think it's tough with football because sometimes you can be nervous, and and you know you won't find your best self. Like for me, I've been nervous in games where I'm like, Mm -hmm. what am I doing? I can't make a pass. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But then there's sometimes where it's like, it's like a good nervous where it's like, like I told you about my game when I first played, I was nervous. Yeah. But I was like, I was like excited. You know what I mean? So it it all depends on how the person works. Yeah. You know what I mean? I see. Okay. Do you, um, how do you, how do you stop a counterattack? Like, do you, you, is there like some things that you go by that you have in your head? Like every time it happens, like, Boom, so I, I, I like I think the main thing that you have to remembering is if you're if you're coming up against a counterattack, protecting your goal. So let's say it's a three v two or a four v three or a two v one, you want to try and and obviously limit their chances of scoring. Right. So I would say getting central and and trying to force them on the outside. So you get what I'm saying. So let's say it's three v two. You have okay. three players and you guys are attacking us on the counterattack. We want to try and stay together and stay compact. To not get behind To not get guys. behind us, you okay. know? So you always want to delay. If it's a counterattack, you don't want to step up to the, the to the Cause player because you open you're opening up that gap. Yeah. You know? So you just delay, and then you force them on the Perfect. outsides. Wow. You know? What is the most common error a defender makes today? Um, most common error. Um, is it the stepping-wise that you say? I would say, gap? yeah. I would say because, you know, the best defenders in the world, they, they, they say – Defending, you don't have to step in. You know, if you're if you're mm. doing the right things, you never have to step in. You know, the attacker is gonna make the mistake for you to win the ball. You know, but the the th- other thing is, 
like defenders are gonna make mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, because like I told you earlier, no one's perfect. But I would think, I would think, yeah, the com- most common thing that a defender will make a mistake is is stepping in. Stepping in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, defenders are typically regarded as having the makeup to be good coaches. Is, is that accurate? Because uh, they I'm see the, the whole field. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. They see everything. They see everything, and they see the whole field. But I don't think I don't think your positional wise makes makes you a be- uh, like a better coach okay cuz um cuz what you have to understand is a lot of the great coaches they're players that are coming from the midfield or oh, look yeah. at Pep Guardiola yeah, Pep Guardiola yeah. he's one of the best coaches and he he wasn't a, a defender right right yeah. he was a midfielder so he i think i don't think i don't think like your positional wise mm-hmm. um like acts as, as if if you you become the best coach i think it's the person who understands the game the most. Understands the game. You know right, what I mean? Right. So there could be a defender who, who's a really good coach who understands it. Look mm-hmm. at Xavi, what he's doing with Barca now. Yeah, yeah. Right? He came into Barcelona. He's a midfielder that understands the game. Yeah. And then he can, you know, portray that to the players and get them to understand that. Wow. What, I mean? what is an aspect a defender is necessary to make, like, the jump to be a professional? A defender? Yeah. Um, I think I think is 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 working on you know because back in the day it was defenders you mm-hmm. just had to be good at defending and kicking the ball out okay but now the game's kind of changed you know like defenders like fullbacks players who play in my position you have to have good speed you have to have good defending you have to have good crossing you have to have good passing you know what i mean so a defender nowadays even the center backs if you see center backs now they have to be good with your feet they have to be able to play it's out they have to be, yep. play a long ball so it's a different yeah, like a different Dyke, style of game yeah. Van Dyke, right? He's good in the air, but he can play good long balls. He can play balls out the back. He can play mm-hmm. under pressure. So I would think it's it's becoming a more complete player, mm-hmm. you know, being able to do these different types of things in the game. Uh, and one last question. After yes. tr- my training session today, we, uh, what do you think I should I should work on more? So honestly, I'll be honest with you. I was surprised with how good technically you were. Yeah. Like it's our first session, and normally nerves, you know. People are nervous. They they don't turn to do out the best. I was good with your technical ability. Uh, what I would say is you need to work on is yeah. the mentality side of it, <laughs> right? The, I kept telling you I had to keep reminding you. It's okay if you make a mistake. Yeah. Right. You make mistakes. That's how you get better. Most definitely. You're, when you're practicing, you you have to make mistakes, or else yeah, you're yeah. gonna be perfect. No one's perfect, mm-hmm. right? So I would say for you is that mentality side. As soon as you make a mistake, you forget it. It's gone already. You're on to the next play. You're thinking about what am I gonna do next. You're thinking about the next run. You were thinking about how you're going to score your first goal. You understand? Awesome. Thank you so much. I definitely took a lot from this podcast, and I definitely took a lot from our training session today. You're an amazing person. You're so humble, like on the field and off the field. I'm so glad I walked down those stairs to take yeah. a picture with I'm you, I'm so man. glad you did too, man. man. I'm happy. It was, it, was, I was, it was such a surreal moment because I, right. I was walking. I, I looked at your, your hair, and yeah. I was like, this can't be him. So I turned around with your jacket, and I said, baby, get your camera out. I'm taking a picture <laughs> with this guy. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, but um, I honestly, I, uh, I hope the best of luck for your Thank career you. and you. especially on your trial. And um, I, I hope we can train more and uh, be better friends because you are such an inspiring person. You inspire me. As Thank I told you, you I, was, I used to drive to practice and listen to your, um, to your YouTube videos, the All podcast. Right. Right. So thank you so much for being here, man. Thanks Thank for you. having me, man. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, guys, we've reached another episode and I hope you guys enjoyed it and took something from it. Please subscribe to our podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Catch us on the next one, guys. Ciao.